Greetings and peace in the name of Jesus this Reformation morning. So four friends got together, the best of friends, and one friend said, I really a joy to have you all here as friends. And I want to make sure that we remain friends. What makes friends is we take each other's words seriously and we're devoted to each other. And the one friend said to the other three friends, since you're such my good friend, I want to test your friendship. I'm going to give you each $10,000. And in your goodwill, when I die on the day of my funeral, I want you to put the $10,000 back in my casket to show that we keep each other's words. So it just happened to be that the friend who gave each person $10,000 was the first person to die. And so the other three friends with broken hearts attended the funeral. And after the funeral and the burial and the committal, they got together at the funeral luncheon and they all began talking. They said, what a wonderful friend it was. Surprised that he was the first one to go. And then they began to say, yeah, how much a friend he was. He entrusted us to 10000 of his dollars. And after a moment or two, one friend got guilty and said, well, I do have to admit, I only put $7,500 into his casket. I had some unexpected bills. I went out to eat a few times with my wife, some other things and toys I wanted to buy. Sorry. And finally, another friend after a moment said, well, you're making me feel guilty. I only put $5,000 back into the casket. I had some medical bills. I had some other unexpected expenses. And it was just too much of a temptation for me to hold on to all the $10,000. And finally, the third friend said, I'm astonished and shocked and appalled at both of you. Here's our dear friend. He asked us for a word, and you two couldn't do it. I gave him back the entire $10,000. I wrote him a personal check. <laughs> Integrity is something that we're really low upon. Uh, taking a stand what is right, it's hard to do. Keeping your word is even harder to do. Um, have you ever had to take a stand for something even though it was unpopular? And how did that turn out? You ever had to take a stand professionally, in the church, with business, with friends? You don't have to share it with me. You ever had to take a stand and you did what is right, how that turned out? Sometimes a little stand can come across like a lion taking a stand. So I'm somewhat of a, a fan of Samuel Clemens. Do you know his pen name is who? Mark. In the wisdom of King Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived. Here's some wise statements they have about taking a stand. If you stand for nothing, you will what? Stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And fewer things are harder to put up with than the annoyance of a good example. That's Samuel Clemens. Samuel Clemens also said, Always do what is right. This will gratify some people and astonish the rest. Otherwise, saying just because it's popular doesn't make it right, and being right won't make one popular. Taking a stand sometimes makes unpopular. Character is what you are when no one is watching. And so shines a good deed in a weary world. Finally, it takes 20 years to build a reputation, only five minutes to destroy it taking a stand, doing what is right. You heard of others, or to use others, think of others. Being a Boy Scout, the Boy Scout motto is do a good deed daily. Yeah, those statements you use that sometimes help motivate you as you go through the day. And so he always took a stand. He was dressed 
He was dressed, ate wild locusts. He was dressed as uh, some bizarre person. The voice of one calling in the desert, the Old Testament message, he seemed like something that didn't belong there. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he was one who always took a stand. He was the forerunner for Christ. Make level the hills, make clear the path of Christ. And his desire was for Christ. When he was in prison, he ran into some of Jesus' disciples and said, Is your Messiah, is he the one to come or should we expect someone else? The disciples went back to the Lord and said, John the Baptist wants to know if you truly are the Messiah or we should look for someone else. And Jesus told his disciples, Tell John that I'm the one who Isaiah prophesied. I've come to make the lame walk. I've come to give give the blind sight. I've come to give the poor life. I am the one. And he went back and told John. John always took a stand. And no pun intended, he lost his head over calling out Herod's sin. Remember John the Baptist, when Herod married his, uh, his brother's widow, which was against the law, and John the Baptist wasn't afraid to speak out for that. And his punishment from the wife was for a birthday wish to have John the Baptist Head. He was one who always took a what? Took a stand. Took a stand. Now, when you and I hear of Revelation, we always hear of great apocalyptic and great catastrophes, and many people are memorized by it, both inside and outside of the church, and we are memorized by it. However, the book of Revelation is really a book of hope and victory, and here there's an angel who, in the midst of what appears to be a world that's chaotic out of control, takes a stand and makes this statement. And John, the Apostle John, sees his vision. It's the one that was standing. Then I saw another angel flying in midair, and he had the eternal gospel to proclaim to those who live on earth. To every language and people, fear God and give him glory. The angel proclaims a message of taking a stand that God is for us in spite of the midst of our troubles and our tribulations. Taking a stand, God speaks in the midst of our crumbling lives in our decaying world and our difficulties. And so we come to today, and today is if we continue the celebration of the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. And yes, I'm a Reformation geek. I'm a Reformation buff and a Reformation nerd. Enough of that, okay? I don't hear any you know, titles like that. Today, and so for the past couple of years, sort of celebrating on this day the 500th anniversaries of certain events. So um, I wasn't here at that time, but there was a nailing of the 95 Thesis, 2015, 17, 2017. Then 500 years later, Martin Luther's Sermon on Grace. The next year, I was here for this, Martin Luther at the Leipzig Debates, 1519, 2019. Last year was Martin Luther is condemned, the papal bull. He's an outlaw and a heretic. And then Luther wrote some key theological writings, and that brings us to this year, 2021, Martin Luther is tried at the Diet of Worms. Now, when we talk about the diet of worms, what we teach kids is we get a little plastic cup and we put some gummy worms in it and they're told to eat it. Now, this helps you remember the diet worms, right? If you have a little more money, you put in some chocolate puddings and some, you know, Oreo crumbs. Here's a diet of worms, okay? Get it? That's most people think of it. But seriously, we're going to talk today about taking a stand in the diet of worms. Worms is a city in Germany. It's about, uh, from horse and carriage, about a two-week travel from Wittenberg, where Luther was professor so here's Luther at the Diet of Worms. Uh, finally, the Roman Catholic Church, after four years, got their hands on Martin Luther. A lot of things the Roman Catholic Church had to deal with. The year before, Luther was declared an outlaw and a heretic. And finally, the Roman Catholic Church is able to bring him to trial. And they bring him to trial at the Diet of Worms. And there you see a picture of it in the red. Uh, Emperor Charles V. Um, other Roman dignitaries, it's a who's who. We'll get to that later. 
So Luther travels from Worms to Winburg. He is a rock star. 2,000 people meet him. 2,000 people meet him at the city gate. It was said that 90% of the people were for Luther and 10% were against the Pope. Right? That's what was said when Luther came into Wittenberg. So Luther, I'm sorry, comes into Worms. So he comes in. He's met by huge crowds. He is a rock star. His teachings are spreading throughout all of Europe, and that concerns the church at the time. But finally, um, the Diet of Worms, his uh, trial begins. And so it's sort of like Emmy or the Oscars. I don't watch those anymore, by the way. You know what I'm talking about? I watch it. They'd have a big red carpet, and everybody come up, and everyone take their pictures and fall over them as if they were the Messiah themselves. You know, and they all come in. Okay, I don't watch it anymore. No offense. It's okay if you do, but... And so anybody who's who in Europe at that time is there. Emperor Charles V, this is sort of his coming out party. Uh, the young emperor is only 20 years old. Roman dignitaries travel from Rome. The electors, those who, who elect the Pope in Germany are there, Germany's rulers, and Spanish guards are sort of the hammer of Rome. For hundreds of years, they fought off the Muslims in Spain. They are sort of the bad boys of the Roman Catholic Church. And with that, I want you to imagine there's a table of 25 of Dr. Martin Luther's own books. So imagine right in front of the uh, the community rail here, a table of 25 books, and that's the setting, so you get the picture of what's going on. And here's another picture of Luther at the Diet, making statements, and you can see the passion, you can see the drama there. Luther's at the Diet of Worms. So the Diet convenes on April 17, 1521. Luther really wants, a, Luther really wants a, a discussion. By the way, did Martin Luther ever want to leave the church? Martin Luther wants to start a new church. He simply wanted to what? I just want to have a discussion. I want to have a referendum. Let's sit down over a cup of coffee or a beer and let's talk about this. The Roman Catholic Church wanted none of that. He is told, no, this is a what? Now, I'm not here to talk about theology. You're not here to question anything that the Pope or the Council says or the Church says. You're simply here. You're going to take a stance. You're going to say yes or no. And so Luther is shown the 25 books. Luther, we believe we have 25 books. Does anyone know the printing press that helped him? What? The Gutenberg printing press, and so his books and his material are available throughout Europe. And the church has collected 25 of them. He put them on the table and say, Martin Luther, are these yours? He says, yes. Now do you recant? Are you going to say no? Are you going to recant their teachings? Are you going to say these teachings are false and these are not appropriate? And so Luther asks for a day. He understands uh, what's happening. Now, we'll get to that in a second. So Charles V says, well, I travel. It takes a couple weeks to get here. It takes a couple months to get here. We're in no big rush. I'm going to give you a week. And Luther begins sweating over the whole thing, and Luther says, I need a day. So before we go there, let's talk about the penalty for heresy and being an outlaw. So in the Roman Catholic Church, what's the penalty for being a heretic and outlaw? A, banned from Twitter and Facebook. All right. B, cancel culture kicks in. He is no longer to be recognized. Okay? He's canceled, all right? C, removed from clergy rosters and newspaper mock him. Or D, to the fire burned at the stake. Which one? Which one? It's D. So Luther understands what's at stake. No, no, no pun intended. Now he's promised safe travel from... Winburg to Worms, and from Worms back to Winburg. If not, he wouldn't have showed up. But you understand what's at stake. And so the, 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 so the diet convenes the next day. It doesn't mean until 6 o'clock. And so here it comes. Here comes the trial. 
And Luther is asked again, do you offend all these books? Are you ready to recant what you have said in them? So once again, the same question. These are your books. Are you going to recant? And I think you know what those books say. In last year's sermon, you heard, heard about some of his theological writings. They're basically the Reformation message of sola uh, gratia, sola uh, fide and sola scripture, faith, grace alone, word alone, scripture alone. Uh, they're about salvation in Christ. They're about the teachings of the Bible. I'm sure that we're all very familiar with it. That's what those books are about. So Luther summarizes his courage and he makes this famous statement. I'm going to ask you all to read it together so at least I can put it in your mouths. Read it with me. Unless I am convinced by the teachings of Holy Scripture or by sound reason, for I do not believe either the Pope or councils alone, since they have even said the exact opposite about the same point. I am tied to the Scriptures. I have quoted and by my conscience neither safe nor right. Here I stand. God help me. So when Luther is asked to recant, what does he say? No. It's not right by my conscience. He takes a stand. We all understand now the penalty. It's not right by my conscience, neither safe nor right. He sort of went, Beep. sorry, I've been hanging out with preschoolers this past week. No, not going to happen. I will not do that. Okay? Now let me give you some, uh, let me give you some notes that happens after this. Let me add to this. A Luther, after the diet, he is promised safe travel back to Wittenberg. He gets in a carriage. He goes back there. Halfway through, he's ambushed, and he is kidnapped. And the person who kidnaps him is Frederick. And Frederick uh, doesn't know where he's going, but Luther is kidnapped for his own safety. Uh, the Edict of Worms, I think you know, the, the emperor declares him guilty. He's kidnapped. Does anyone know what castle he goes to? It's called the what? War, the what? War, what? Wartburg Castle. They translate the Bible into the native language. So Luther takes a stand. If you go throughout the world in Europe, other places, in Fort Wayne and the seminary in St. Louis, there is that statue of Luther holding the scripture. And he takes a stand on God's word. For in the gospel, righteousness is revealed, the just shall live by faith. That you and I, sinners, we are saved by faith in the gospel. There is Luther's stand. He takes a stand. So for our questions and thoughts for today, um, oops, I'm having trouble flipping this. I flip it again? I don't know if I hit a wrong button. Can you flip that, flip the screen? Okay, We're, you and I are called to take a stand on the Word of God. Um, boy, I wish this would flip. To do something. Okay. <clears throat> So how about this for a closing, rock, closing thought? On Christ, here we go, say it together. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all the ground is sinking sand. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.